what you hearing. This is what you hearing. Listen. This is what you hearing. Listen. This is what you hearing. Listen. X go give it to you. Fuck way for you to get it on your own. X go deliver to you. Knock knock. Open up the door. On today's episode of Estate Agents X, I meet with Chris Ellis from Harrison Estate Agents. Chris fell into estate agency, but ended up buying the business that he was working for back in 2016. And he's worked on that business over the last six years to the point where they're now doing 100K months in exchanges. So I chat to Chris about some of the things he's learned over that period of time, and if anything, what he would have done differently. Hope you enjoy. Okay, Chris, welcome to the show. Um, For those people that don't know you or have never met you are you okay just to give us a, a background on yourself how you got into agency and how long you've been doing it all of that kind of stuff yeah no problem at all um yeah so basically my background um i come into agency um, in 2004 um didn't have a clue really where i wanted to go in life to be honest when i left school i had no idea went into marks and spencers um literally job not not so much fell on my lap but um my auntie knew the manager at Harrison's Residential at the time and said, I'll be pretty good in agency, went, went for the interview and, and literally got the job that day. Um, so that was there back in 2004. Um, the, the very short um, story of Harrison's homes of where we are, um, I started initially at the Rain and Branch. Um, I got um, promoted in 2007 to Sittingbourne and in 2012, I was then brought in as a partner into the company. Um, 2016, I then decided that I would uh, take the plunge and, and uh, agree to buy the remaining shares. Um, that was uh, quite an interesting year as well, because that was a time that Purple Bricks come into it, um, <laughs> which again is a, uh, made me work even harder, to be honest. But um, And then the next step was in 2020 when lockdown um started and I decided in lockdown that I was going to rebrand away from Harrison's Residential because um, we, we'd always operated as separate companies um, and I didn't really want any restrictions there so I then uh, rebranded Harrison's Homes so it's a little bit more modern um, and yeah purely my own and I could move forward from there. Okay interesting so how did that come about then in terms of like you know you just you're kind of working for the company and then all of a sudden you're you're buying the company like what was that how did you get from how did you get from employee I know you said you got made a partner but you know going back to when you was an employee what was the steps towards going from you're employed to to suddenly now you're thinking about buying the rest of the company yeah I think from from where I was at um when I left school one of the main things I don't know don't know why it did drove me but the key thing I wanted was to to run my own business um, so it, I, I don't think it would have mattered what I fell into. That was always my aspiration. Um, what drove me to that, I don't know, but that's, that's where I wanted to go. So when I, I went into agency, um, one of the, I think the first thing that I realised, and again, it's, it's one of the things that a, a lot of our values sit behind, is, is the fact that agency, to me, is broken. Um, and I think, to be honest, when you're dealing with people's biggest asset, I think a lot of um, agents take it for granted. So I was always at the very beginning thinking I could make a, a difference in agency. Um, how it all then come about, I think it was a natural progression that the other director was nearing the end and gave me the option of, of really taking it over or, or selling it. Um, so it was, it was an obvious choice for me to carry on. 
And how did you, you know, manage to come to some agreement with him into, you know, without having to go away and rob a bank? Like, you know, how did you get yourself into a position whereby he, he was happy and you were happy and you could, you know, come to some agreement so he could sail off into the sunset and you could kind of carry on with it? Yeah, I think from from my point of view, I was I was quite naive then in in 2016. I, I really didn't understand business. So although I was a partner four years prior, I really didn't look at um, all the things I should be looking at. Um, and when the deal came together, it was certainly one sided. Now I look at it now, but ultimately, from my point of view, I've looked at it that it was a um, an easier progression. Um, and yeah, I just went for a buyout with him over a period of time. It took me what three years there to pay him off. Okay. Um, and that's when I then looked to rebrand. So got it. Um, but so, I, did, I must yeah, admit, would I have been able to find the money back in 2016? I probably wouldn't. So as I said, it probably did benefit me uh, in hindsight. Yeah, yeah. Well, having it just over a longer period yeah. of time. Um, so. You've got this, your hands on the company, and did you have like any immediate thoughts as to like you know what you were going to do and how you were going to change things that you know you even now look back on as naive, or or were you just thinking you're just going to carry on doing what you were doing? In what regards, what to, to how well, I'm? Yeah, like you 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 must have you got to the stage where you you've you've decided you're going to do this deal with him, mm-hmm. um, and in your thinking behind when you were making that decision. Were you thinking, I'm going to do this deal because this is a good business and we're just going to carry on doing what we do at the moment? Or were you thinking, I'm going to do this deal because I know how to make this business better? Um, yeah, from, from my point of view, I think the only thing I would have done differently was um, sought advice from, an out, uh, from somebody else outside the business. I think, as I said, I was naive in regards to what I was doing and, and negotiating with him. And um, I think it, it was made to sound like it was a really good deal. But again, now looking back in hindsight, I looked at it that we were a well-established business within, uh, the, well, w- within the area that it, it wouldn't have made sense for me to go away at that point um, and start up afresh, mm. even though I, I had several years in the area. Um, but I, pr- I probably would have sought better advice yeah okay so you you get your hands on the business it's yours now um what was i don't know what was the first learning curves or things that you discovered that either <laughs> didn't quite go how you thought they were going to go or or maybe even went better i don't know yeah i, th- I think as i said the reason i brought purple bricks into to the equation was again that that was when it, they really got going was in 2016 i thought to be honest shit what have i got myself into yeah. i've just uh, agreed to pay uh, a lot of money back to the director and then suddenly um i've now got the, uh, the threat of the competition of a cheap agent but from my side of things i just see that as a, an opening um and what hit the nail on the head i can't remember her name now but I went to a conference and there was a lady there that, that mentioned Purple Bricks. She said she loved the fact that Purple Bricks were coming into to the industry because, again, it just made her work harder. Mm. And I, I took from that little little sentence that, yeah, from my side of things, it's just another agent. There's nothing really, really to be worried about. Yeah. Um, and then ever since then, really, it's been a, a progression. And to me, there's no rocket science in, in, in agency. I think we, we make it a lot more difficult than what it is. But 
Um, it's just, it, I just always revolve around basics and just improving on the basics part of the role um, rather than trying to do anything too complicated, um, especially when you're dealing with someone's biggest asset. Yeah, because, you know, for those that weren't around at the time, it, it may not seem like such a big deal now because there's so many sort of fixed fee agents and all of that sort of stuff. But like, you know, at the po- at that point in time, it did. It, everyone did wonder whether this purple ricks thing was just going to be like an Amazon, and pretty much that would be the end of everybody else, didn't they? Like it was. It was that kind of scary at the time. It was like, wow, there's this one company that's going to apparently use incredible technology and do a low fixed fee, and is going to be all, all all things to everybody. And and all of a sudden, now our you know twenty thirty year old uh, kind of standard estate agency is going to disappear mm-hmm. um, but I guess if you looked at it now if you hadn't been in agency then and you sort of looked at it now you'd go well, what was the big what was the big worry I, th- I think it was bad and good for the agency to, to be honest I think it was bad in, in regards to I think a lot of agents and, and including myself at the time um, I think you, you you forgot the, the value that you was actually bringing to the client so it was just a race to the bottom um, on fees which as you well know, you, you can't run a business on on on, a, on being a cheap agent. Um, it, it works for some, but and ultimately, I think it's, it's been a bad thing in that regard. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so you've got over the purple bricks uh, worry, um, and I guess in like as time's gone on, I know you mentioned about wanting to move away from that other brand that that you were kind of tied to, but didn't have any control over and was a bit restrictive. But let's fast forward to the point whereby you've you've managed to get to the point where you've rebranded now and that's completely your company in that sense like you know you own it obviously you owned it anyway but you own it and there's no restrictions around it what what were some of the things that once those restrict once you were free of restrictions that you you sort of felt like right okay these are the things that perhaps have been uh holding me back that I might want to address now um, I think, as I said, it, it was one of those that it was just a diluted brand. Uh, I think that that was the problem. As I said, we were we didn't really work together, even though it was the same colour, same name. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to try and um, build that back together with the the other branch, but that that gentleman there was at, at the process of retiring, so he didn't want to spend any more money. Um, I felt it would have been good because, as I said, I, I worked in both offices, so. Um, that would have been great. However, that being said, it's enabled me now to push on and um, look at different ways that we can run the company. And again, there's no, not that restriction of doing something well, even more different than the two offices were, yeah. uh, were operating. But um, it was like the leash was let off, to be honest. And as I said, it was in, well, the first lockdown that I, I took the gamble to do it. I just thought it'd be an ideal opportunity there to rebrand, even though a lot of people were holding on to their money. Yeah. Um, and so if you look at your company today versus the one that you bought, for instance, um, what was you bought it 2016, so six years later, what would you say some of the main differences are in just the way that you operate or the tools that you use or the way that you work or the way that you think? Like, you know, if you compare Harrison's now and Chris now and your team now with the team then, Chris then and the company then, what what was what are some of the main things that you've changed over the years and in, in terms of how you work and and everything really? Um, 
there has been a huge, as you probably well know, over the last couple of years, there's, there's been a huge change in everything that we do. And um, I, th I think it's been an interesting one because, again, COVID has made me realise a lot. As I said, after deciding the, the rebrand, being honest and frank, going back to September 2020, I went in, well, went into um, lockdown with, with what, seven employees um, and by September 2020 I had one employee that had been there with me before mm. um, so and what, and why, that, why, why, why did that happen do you think um, there, there was a couple of reasons one went to a competitor um, one retired um, one didn't turn up because she was drunk um, <laughs> um, and yeah, two people there that I'd employed just before lockdown, I think, realised there that um, it, it wasn't ideal for them. Another one went and worked for a solicitor as well, so that's the set, well, that's the, the, additional, the additional numbers there. But um, that was probably my lowest point in agency was September 2020, because I, I, we got to a point where, as I said, we had 99 for sale, or no, 99 sold and 49 for sale. Um, and yeah that, that was quite a horrendous month to the point I nearly had a breakdown but that that, that being said well, I probably did have a breakdown but that being said it was just another thing that I looked at and I, I rebuilt from there um, and again that, 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 that was the defining moment where I realised then the value because again I think I had one complaint um, which didn't actually go anywhere in my however many years up until uh, 2020 and then we had three in a week Mm. Um, but I looked at it that even at that point, we were an agent that just tend to just take anything on. Um, and we were at a point where we would, yeah, we were negotiating on fees because we were worried um, because of everything that was going on. So we just took everything on at a low fee. But that, that, that was the key change for me because then I looked at really what we could do going forward. So we, we wasn't that agent there that was wanting to be number one, even though I'm very competitive. Um, it was always be, I want to be number one in sales, number one in sales in the town. And I think that unfortunately drove me the wrong way. Um, whereas then we looked at, as I said, changing the model and what we offered and yeah, okay, we're now what fourth statistically. Um, but ultimately our figures have never been um, so good. Um, but it was just the whole journey of going from start to finish. And don't get me wrong, it's not perfected yet, but every month that goes by, we are, we're continuing improving on what we're doing and what we're offering to our clients. So like the, the, the six employees, I think it was six employees that, that disappeared. Yeah. You feel like um, Harrison's is a totally different company to the one that they worked for, even though it was only a couple of years ago. No, I, I would say, because I'm, I'm quite traditional in the way that I operate in agency. So a lot of the values that I learned within um, Harrison's from when I first started are still within the company. It's just we've gone to that next level up. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of it that, that still stems from that. But again, as, as you well know, life cycle has just completely changed the way that, that we go about um our marketing now and again you wasn't asked to, for me to say that but it has like the, the way that the whole process works again the off-market approach works perfectly well and it's we we devised the four-week strategy um and to be honest we don't even get to the third or fourth week at the moment because we've, we've got offers on the table off the off-market within two weeks and yeah they're well above what what we should be achieving really and i guess you know uh, there's an there's an element of that is just the way the market is, I guess, um, at the moment. Um, but 
you have a specific strategy around it when you go and talk to clients, which I guess is one of the main differences between that and going and negotiating on fees. Yeah, and I think, again, this, this goes back to, um, again, other areas like your portals, Rightmove and Zoopla. I, I was a sucker for it, but, again, I inherited it from the, the previous director that you need to get all the marketing on Rightmove and Zoopla, your premium listings, your feature properties, because they enhance um, the amount of views, which they, they may well do, but I just think that took away the, the value of what we actually do as agency. So, yes, I think the standard agent goes out and says they're on right move, they're on Zoopla, they do professional photography, but what agent doesn't say that at the moment? And I think we've become very reliant on the portals to sell properties, which takes away what we actually do, yeah. uh, which is ultimately putting a buyer and seller to, together. Um, yeah, no, that's right. And do you think, I, you mentioned about there was a time whereby you were chasing market share and you know it was incredibly stressful even though you, I'm sure you had months where you could celebrate being number one and all of that sort of stuff, like very success, very, very stressful. Now you're not chasing market share. You, you're dropped, you've dropped down on the market share league table, whatever, whatever the fuck that is. But like, you've, you've dropped down on that, but the company's, you know, uh, more profitable than it's ever been, happier than it's ever been, you're happier than it's ever been, you're giving better service to clients. Um, and so where's the, where does that change from we need market share and if anyone's taking it on the market, we're taking it on the market. Like, it doesn't matter what the fee is. Obviously, try to keep it, but don't lose it. How does that flip over uh, to you understanding your value and then that eventually transferring through to the whole company without without jumping back to the old model, you know, because I'm sure it'd be very easy, wouldn't it, to say, oh, I'm going to do that. But then, you know, first valuation that ten, that's going to go somewhere else, you're sort of back to, all right, sorry, we'll, we'll do it for half price. Uh, yeah. How do you see it through? I guess, like, that's the question. How do you see that through to get to the point whereby you, you go, right, I do know my value and I'm not dropping my fee? Um. I look at it at the end of the day, and again, it's, it's probably what I've learned in myself. Like I, I look at it, if I see the value in something, why would I negotiate when there's a, a value in it? I'm, I'm interested in that product because it's worth it. And I think that my mind's changed in that regard. I think um, I don't, I, I got to a point now where I don't think I can serve everybody. I, I, and again, it was always one of those things that I, I, you can never impress everybody, but it was one of those that I would still go out of my way. Mm. Uh, the problem I found is I said, if I go back to September, 2020, would I want to be in that position again, where I've got people complaining? And, and to me, I looked at it, I couldn't serve those people because I just took everything on. So um, if, if, if I go in about obviously trying to change the perception of an agency and I, I go back to just serving everybody, just because I want it as a, a statistic, I'm going against what I'm actually setting to, to try and change. Um, to walk away from a property is that I, I still find it very difficult, but ultimately, yeah, I, I don't want to be um, dropping my fee just, just to get the listing, um, just because they've asked me to. Um, I think it also comes back to a negotiation uh, factor where I, I don't think there's a enough agents that are fully qualified in, in negotiating um 
if you're dropping your fee uh, or if you can't hold your fee in an appointment, how good are you going to be negotiating when you've got a buyer in front of you? Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. And the the guy the guy that was leaving the company, the one that sort of was there as the boss when you joined Harrison's, who was very into you know, feature properties on right move and all of that sort of stuff. Do you think that perhaps they didn't uh, make you feel like there there was that much value in the company or the value was in the the featured thing on right move and the things that any agent can do basically, as opposed to like empowering to go, no, because we do this at Harrison's and, you know, nobody else does these things. And so, you know, it's not right for everybody, but for the ones that it is right for, they'll they'll see the value. Yeah, I think, as I said, I was given the the uh, the okay to to negotiate. As I said, I wasn't properly trained. It was a case of don't lose it over half a percent uh, or a quarter of a percent. And it's like, I think unfortunately that was embedded into me um, that yeah, you just wanted to get it on. But um, yeah, it wasn't where I wanted to see the company going. Um, well, again, it's, it's only been in the last couple of years that we've really decided that, that that's where we are. We still got work. Don't get me wrong, but. Yeah, cool. um, yeah. I, I, it's funny you say that because I um, a couple of years ago I had an estate agent round to a, a property and he came in and he sat down and he said all of his stuff and then he said you know and, and we charge I can't even remember what he said like whatever it was 1.5% and I said can you do it any cheaper and he went yes <laughs> <laughs> like okay that was easy actually can you do it he was like one and I was like any cheaper he went what are you thinking? <laughs> it's like, okay, let's just keep going down. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, it's true. It's true what you say, like, you know, a manager brings you in, you know, you go, to, I think when you first become an estate agent, like you say, like a lot of people fall into it. They haven't got many other options and you, you, you're quite nervous about your interview. And only once you've been in a estate agency, do you realise that probably as long as you had a heartbeat, they would have given you the job. And then the training is go around this house and it's probably worth about this. And yeah, this is the fee, but but basically do it for whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, which is, yeah, I, I, as I said, I was, I was that agent at one point. But again, as I said, if, if you've got anybody there that is astute to, to negotiate, I don't understand why you'd use that person really um, yeah. when they're going to be negotiating your biggest asset. But... So, so are you? Um, how many? How many in the team now? Have you bothered building it all back up again, or have you realised that you don't need that number of people, or what's happened? Um, yeah, so we were back up until recently. Somebody just uh, resigned again, going into to a different, uh, or a different, completely different job whatsoever. But we're back at six now. Um, I am actually in the process at the moment of looking for a, a senior member. Um, but I'm not in a rush to do so. Um, I, I'm looking at other areas and where we can grow and, and move forward. And I think it means me coming out of the business or, or working on the business, which I'm, I'm, I'm too in it at the moment. But yeah. for growth, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at two other areas that we can push into, uh, especially. Yeah. Okay. We will be and 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 in, well, in terms of stretching the area you cover, or stretching the the, the branches, or you, what you're sort of thinking. A bit of both at the moment. As I said, I'm toying between the idea to whether or not we want to uh, open up another branch elsewhere, or we can probably service it. We've got two areas that are within easy distance of us that we could push into. Yeah. Uh, I just need the right member of staff there, but uh, I don't have massive aspirations to be a, a multi-branch um, company. Um, 
but yeah, just just really concentrating on the areas and just a little couple of surrounding areas where we are, I think will be big enough to become well authorities in. That's the aim. Yeah, and uh, I heard that you have started doing hundred grand months. Yes, um, is that <laughs> uh, is that something that you ever would have imagined happening when you when you bought the company back in two thousand and sixteen? <laughs> No, um, I, I must admit we set ourselves an audacious target this year, and if we uh, if we continue on the, the months that we have, we're on course again this month. Um, but yeah, we, we've had a phenomenal couple of months. But again, it's it, we've changed a few processes in there, but it always results around the same thing: is just pick up the phone and talk to somebody. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's all it is. Yeah, um, and you, I guess you, well, you've got the systems to tell you who to talk to, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's, it's made the job a lot easier in that regard. So, um, and would you say that the main, one of the main things from to get to that level is all about not negotiating on the fees? Because, you know, I guess you had market share at one point, mm -hmm. but you've got to then deal with all of that stuff. And, you know, so you, don't, you don't necessarily, as you said, you're not then able to give the greatest service to everybody or, or even service everybody at all. So do you think that a fundamental part of getting to the stage where you're doing those kind of months is about stems from all stems from fees? Well, yeah, if you put it into perspective of where our best year was, um, we've done 60 less properties this year. Uh, we did 130 completions um whereas our highest well, my maths is a little bit out there it's it, well 192 yeah um and we've absolutely blitzed our our best year a couple of amazing. years ago just amazing, just, amazing. Um, and that's that's i guess that's that's got to be do you think that's a part of that is just the just getting over the ego of my competitors are going to see my market share dropping uh yeah 100 I, I i used to every single mar uh, morning probably every single evening i was looking at right move to see who was the number one selling agent and it was yeah. just embedded and that was just part of my daily routine every single one i can't remember the last time i see see where we were i i, I know we're probably fourth but it, it doesn't really bother me anymore okay so um i'm, I'm gonna wrap it up but like in 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 summary if there's an agent listening to this that's maybe where you were maybe they are maybe they're one branch maybe they're even two branches but um you know been going a few years things are all right um they're they're chugging along they're doing what they used to do when they were employed as an estate agent mm -hmm. what would you say one of the main one of the main things that they could take away from this and think about changing that might switch their directory slightly um, direction, sorry, Richard. Yeah, I think the one thing that I've looked at was um, if we'd have looked at where we were, we're not, we're not doing massive fees. As I said, we're doing one and a, one and a half percent, okay, and predominantly local, it's one percent. We were quoting that last year, but at the time, being honest, I didn't feel that we were one and a half percent agent. Um, so there was a lot of things that we had to get right, even though we were quoting it, I didn't quite actually feel that we were half a percent more than, mm. than the other agents. So I think the key, key thing I would say, you have to differentiate yourself to, to your competition. Um, and then you can then quote, quote that a little bit more, but if you're going in and just up in your fee, just for the sake of it, cause you want to earn more yeah. money, it, 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 it won't work. Um, you need that differentiation, would you say 
is that is how has that come in terms of the methods that you use to sell properties or what what should someone start thinking about because otherwise people go away don't they and they go all right yeah okay well we'll say we give great service then Mm. You know, I, I, yeah, I, I suppose this is from my point of view that one of the first things I'm going in is saying that I bet all the other agents are saying I'm right moving Zoopla. Did you know we've sold 40% of our stock behind the scenes, but we've ended up getting an extra, mm. uh, at one point, was an extra £20,000 more on average than what other properties were selling because people were paying that 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 premium to go off market. Yeah. Um, what I found with that is it, it amazes me the amount of people that don't want to see their property on the market. For whatever reason, a seller doesn't want their neighbours to know. Um, they're quite happy being behind the well, behind the scenes marketing. So it, it's worked with a, quite a few. But um, well, four week contracts. I know there are agents that do zero, but agents go out, especially in this market, quoting twenty week contracts. It's a small little thing, but why do you need a twenty week contract? Are you that confident that you're well, not that confident you're going to sell it? But as I said, they're, they're all small little things, but we're different to anybody in our in our town. Um, yeah. But then again, our figures and as I said our average over the last eighteen months is fourteen days. I know, yes, it is the market, but ultimately, I know it's a lot quicker than than our competition. Um, and then our percentage of what we're achieving is well above everybody else's. So, awesome. Um, I love it. I know you you guys take out iPads out on valuations as well, don't you? Yeah, I went for a stage where I wasn't taking anything out, but I went back to a little bit of basics. But then again, it was just going back to, to actually talking to people. I know the market, I know what's selling, I know what's on the market, but um, it was actually just really delving in deep to, to them. Um, but yeah, we, we got various, we can go through and, and show how, how we work life cycle as well, which really works. Yeah. Awesome. Love it. Okay. If anyone's listening to it and they've got any sort of questions or anything, is it all right if people reach out to you? What's the best way for someone I'm to more, get in more contact? I'm more than happy to. If, if anybody wants to just yeah, pick up the phone, I'm more than happy to. Awesome. You're on LinkedIn and Facebook and in the Estate and CX group and all of that stuff as well, aren't yeah. you? Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Okay, Chris, thank you very much for your time. Really enjoyed it. Cheers. Fuck what you heard. It's what you hearing. It's what you hear it, listen. It's what you hear it, listen. It's what you hear it, listen.